0: everyone and welcome back to eat it up here we
1: are here we are so to eat it up a podcast where two friends sam and marge talk about uh, a snack they enjoy from local places around where they live in ottawa and the lower mainland of bc talk about a bite of history
0: yes okay so sam what are you eating today what's your snack so i got a chocolate croissant a au chocolate mm-hmm from
1: Brown Loaf Brown Bakery on nice. Elf, in Ottawa. It's quite yum. I put it in the uh, microwave oven to like heat it up and melt some of the chocolate, Ooh. and uh, it's been good so far. So
0: that's my snack, what's yours? So, okay, for today's episode, I'm not gonna pretend to hide it because it's always in the title. I don't know why I keep on trying to do that. We're talking about the Cola Wars, oh, yeah. which um, if you have any bases of, it's Pepsi versus Coke. Which a lot of people think two opposites, really two differing companies, that because of their marketing strategies, they've come together to make each other stronger, to make a better product, even. And so I was thinking, what are two opposing ideas that came together to form an even better idea? Okay. And that could be none other than the cronut, a cross of a croissant and a donut.
1: Oh, that's what a cronut is.
0: That's what a cronut is. Actually, to be fair, the place in Vancouver that does it, they call it a croissant, as in like fried donut and croissant. Mm. But the, the true name of it was developed in New York, and it is cronut. Yeah. And so I got it from a place, it's called Swiss Bakery. And when I went, the bummer is they're only open on weekdays. But when I, I went, they had two different flavors of frissants available. And so I got, there was a pear and wine one. So I got a couple of those. But the one that I'm eating today is a coconut cream one.
1: Ooh, it looks really yummy.
0: It is. And like the, oh, the coolest thing like about um, cronuts is like, it's the best parts of donuts and croissants. Like imagine all the flaky pastry layers of a croissant, right? but it's like fried with like sugar on the outside that you love in a donut. It's a healthier kind of croissant. It is when you hear all these things, you're like, oh my God, it's so good for you. (laughs) My snack, but healthier. Yes, exactly. Well, okay. Um, Do we want to dive in into what we're doing this week?
1: Your bite of history. I'm excited to hear more about it. Bite
0: of history, my slurp of history. We can maybe call it a sip of history. No, no, slurp. I I don't. um,
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, get on to your, your, um, I'll call it a sip of history.
0: Thanks. Okay. Just two pals hanging out. A glug. <laughs> a glug. So, to start off, as opposed to the previous three weeks, let's all just acknowledge that this episode, Cola Wars, is going to be a completely fluff and fun moment. It is not serious. The implications of what happened were not really life changing for anyone. So, it's just a fun, silly thing to talk about. And I'm a massive Coca-Cola fan. I have a whole ranking system of all Cokes, but not like, I don't mean like across their flavors. I mean of just classic Coca-Cola. I have a ranking system of like bottles versus cans versus soda fountain. So I'm I'm your girl. She knows. She knows. So although um, arguably the Cola Wars have really been around since the inception of Pepsi in 1893, which was like Coke started In the late 1880s. Right. The Cola Wars really refer to a marketing battle between Coca Cola and Pepsi in the 1980s. Gotcha. What were they fighting for? The hearts, minds, and dollars of their consumers. Direct quote. uh,
1: Is that a a direct quote?
0: It's a direct quote from a Coca Cola documentary I watched. And I was like, oh, that really captures it right there. <laughs> it does. So prior to this point, the Cola Wars, there really were just a series of smaller battles where Coke did emerge as like the more popular soda. So for instance, starting in 1931, you have Coca-Cola with their infamous Santa Claus ads. And they marketed the pop as a refreshing drink that could be enjoyed year round, not just for summer. Right. So that kind of like transitioned them into like, a bigger market. And can I just say
1: that that um, marketing campaign with Santa in the the 30s Mm -hmm. was largely, a lot of people point to it as being the the starting point for this popularization of the Claus and part of the iconography of Christmas. Before that point, there hadn't really been um, like this bearded jolly man as a central figure in in, uh, Christmas. So anyway, it's just their influence. But sorry, I interrupted. I interrupted. I interrupted.
0: (laughs) So also during this point, um, which as we know, it's during the Great Depression, 1930, early 1930s, Pepsi began offering a 12 ounce bottle for five cents, whereas Coke offered a six ounce bottle for the same price. So consequently, you would think that Pepsi really would win kind of like they're offering you double the amount of soda for the same price. Pepsi didn't totally win that battle, though, either because what it led to was higher sales amongst the poorer segments of the American population, which meant that Pepsi was seen as a kitchen drink. And I don't, I didn't get what that meant, but essentially there's two types of drinks you can have. You can have a kitchen drink, or you can have a living room drink. Right. Coke is a living room drink because when you have guests over for entertaining, you bring out Coke for them. Right. If though during the time you couldn't afford Coke, and you didn't want your guests to see that you were buying cheaper soda, you'd pour Pepsi into cups in the kitchen and then bring it out to the living room to present it as Coke. That's so interesting.
1: So there was yeah. kind of like a class dynamic to like...
0: What yes. That was okay. So Wait. at that was like kind of like what Pepsi had to overcome was they were seen as a kitchen drink, which is what? not what you want it to be. Can I also ask a question quickly while we're here? Yeah. So this, so this is in the 30s. Is this where...
1: Do Coke and Pepsi still have, or at least Coke, does it still have cocaine in it?
0: No, so Coke lost the cocaine, I think it was like in the early 1900s. Kind of like the FDA came into function, I think Mm. early 20th century. And so that's when it it came out. The whole reason that cocaine was even in Coke to start off with was because the founder of Coke was addicted to morphine. Mm. And he saw cocaine as like a way to wean himself off of it and like it wasn't a harmful drug to consume essentially right which we now know is like not the truth (laughs) okay because i'm
1: like are people like yeah are people like drinking the in the 30s like drinking coke and pepsi that have like quantities of cocaine in it still (laughs) i just needed to know that for myself no that's right. they 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 wiped it out (laughs) i didn't know for personal
0: research i'm doing Like, does it still happen? (laughs) Okay, so moving on to the next battleground, we have World War II. Coke once again wins as the more popular drink because they kind of made this like promise that every American soldier would have a bottle in their hand, and it kind of became associated with like American patriotism, was Coke, right? And then Coca Cola also won in the 70s. And both the Chinese and Australian markets, they were able to drive Pepsi out and kind of take control of those areas. Right. Although Pepsi did win a big battle during that time as well, because in the USSR during Nixon's 1972 visit, there was a whole kind of showcase of the best inventions and creations of America in the USSR. Okay. And Coke would have naturally been the one drink that they would have there. -hmm. And Coke decided that it was going to be unpatriotic of them to do so. They didn't want to go to the USSR. So Pepsi decided to go. And so they kind of took over that market for a while.
1: Interesting. Like in in Russia, they were kind of popular? The
0: USSR, yeah. So like a bunch
1: of those. Sorry, the USSR, not (laughs) Russia.
0: Yeah, which I kind of find surprising because at least in the documentary I was watching, they were saying that in those countries, for a long period of time until, like, the opening up in the 90s, Pepsi was the drink of choice. Like, that was their soda. Okay. Right. Whereas, like, every time that I've gone to Croatia, I've never seen a Pepsi offered at a cafe. It's always a Coke. Right. Okay. So I would never know that Pepsi at the time had kind of taken over a bunch of those countries. Right.
1: Wow, it's literally like the Coca Cola or the Cola Wars are literally a proxy for capitalism versus communism. <laughs> it was literally the Cold War, but the Cold War. You
0: yeah, have red versus white. No, yeah, red versus blue. <laughs> I'm
1: definitely like, yeah, putting too much stock into this one <laughs> fact you're telling me about the USSR. But that is interesting, though.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, these smaller battles, um, many of which they centered around the company's different marketing strategies, okay. they all were leading up to the ultimate Cola Wars. And this is the period in time when coke reinvented itself and introduced new coke in 1985 in the u.s right as we'll talk about as we get into the details this was disastrous for the company albeit for only a short blip of time so
1: everything kind of leading up to this point isn't formally the cola wars they're more like battles or skirmishes
0: yes and so it's tricky because like some people you can call the cola wars essentially like From the inception of pepsi when it began till now they've always been in a battle because they're the two major companies right but it's like really the cola wars like when you're referring to like the actual moment of it happening it refers to a moment in like the 80s
1: right when it really hit that fever pitch yes yeah
0: i love (laughs) it okay so you're probably wondering what triggered the start of the Cola Wars? Like any great war, there has to be something that, that turns the flip, flips exactly. the switch. The <laughs> flip
1: and flips the switch. So can I ask, why did Coke bring out these new products in the mid 80s if they were doing relatively well? Up into because
0: mid-80s? they weren't. They were not doing well. Okay. Yeah, so essentially what happened, Pepsi launched a brilliant marketing campaign in 1975 and it was called the Pepsi challenge. Essentially, it involved conducting a blind taste test between Coke and Pepsi in thousands of supermarkets across the country. And the verdict, people preferred the taste of Pepsi over Coke. It had a sweeter, more syrupy flavor. And not only was the news that the American public preferred the taste of Pepsi devastating to Coke, but get this, this honestly, I was like, what the heck? They did the Pepsi challenge inside their own headquarters and found that Coca-Cola employees also preferred the taste of Pepsi a little over 50% of the time.
1: Did they air that in the
0: commercials too? That Pepsi No, group? no. Yeah. But because it wasn't Pepsi who conducted that challenge in Coke's headquarters. Coke did the own challenge to their own employees. They were like, is this actually true? Oh, shit. Oh, so, and they so found Pepsi out.
1: This, so Pepsi has this marketing campaign. Yeah in supermarkets across the U S they find that people prefer Pepsi over Coke and then Coke tests it with their own
0: employees. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a gag.
0: It really was a gag. And so Pepsi, obviously in the supermarkets, they were airing those commercials. Right. And Coke was starting to get worried. And then when they found their own employees had the same opinion, then they were like, Oh shoot.
1: The call is coming from inside the house.
0: Yes. And so even though Coke was still outselling Pepsi, its market share was declining as Pepsi's was rising.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So for some background in the 80s, the market for sugar cola just in general, it was kind of a declining market. And so some people started to question whether or not consumers were just getting tired of the taste of Coke. Like it's been around for a hundred years now. Do people just not really want it anymore? Right. And to put some like actual hard numbers to this, after World War II, the market share for Coca-Cola was 60%. Right. By 1983, it had declined to less than 24%. Okay. And
1: so was that as a result of like Pepsi's market share increasing, but also other, it must've been other products coming.
0: Yeah. I think it's like Pepsi started gaining more traction and then also other like companies for sure. Like you have like, there's more companies than just Coke versus Pepsi. Right. But the absolute like complete popularity of Coke was not quite there in the '80s the way it had been 40 years earlier.
1: So other kind of pop sugary drinks come online and can- I
0: guess so, yeah. And so Coke, uh, they also started doing new things. They like, they're like, okay, we're gonna change things up. They introduced Diet Coke, which was something Pepsi had done 20 years earlier. Oh really? Yeah. So Pepsi came out with like Diet Pepsi in like 1964 or something. They're playing- Coke. Coke, yeah, Coke took like 20 years to get on that. Wow. And then the company also altered its semi-original recipe because like, as we know, the true original had cocaine in it. They swapped from sugar to corn syrup because this reduced the cost of production. Is this Coke? Sorry. This is Coke. Yes. Okay, Coke switched. Gotcha. And so with this switch to corn syrup, which altered the semi-original recipe, it really opened the door, the possibilities of making bigger changes to Coke's recipe. Mm. And this is when Coke made a horrible decision. Mind you, it was like 10 years after Pepsi launched its Pepsi Challenge. Like it was not an immediate reaction, but it was. Right. it was fueled by the Pepsi Challenge. On April 23rd, 1985, Coke announced it was changing its secret formula for the iconic pop. And this new Coke, as it was called, would have a sweeter taste to make it more similar to the Pepsi that consumers favored in the Pepsi blind taste test. Right. So Coke did some research before they did this, obviously. They weren't just jumping into this completely blind. Right. But in focus groups, most testers said they would buy and drink the product if it were Coca-Cola, although it would take some getting used to the change, which is not what I think you would want to hear in a focus group trying your new drink being like, I'll buy it because it has your name on it, but I'm not 100% sold on the flavor. That's not like a great review. Right. And then also you had in that focus group about 10 to 12% of testers, they felt angry and alienated at the thought of a new formula and said that they might stop consuming the drink altogether. Those
1: are strong words. Those are fighting words.
0: And this... You think that like this is kind of silly. You'll see the reactions to New Coke in a little bit, and you'll see that they were not underestimating whatsoever. Like, right. they hit the nail on the head with those reactions.
1: Like they, they were accurate people. Were they were accurate. accurate, yeah. But you know what? Like, I will just say to take us to the present moment: if mm-hmm. you like, if Coke announced that they were changing their formula today, and you were in a focus group, I feel like you would probably say you are angry and feel alienated. Like that. Would
0: Absolutely. Cause I, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, cause up until that point, I was like, this is all sort of fun and silly and whatever, but Coke is the drink that I rely on other than water. Like that's what, that's what I love to drink in like a social situation instead of water even. But so yeah, that's the thing. If they change the formula, I would fully sign a petition. I would write to them. Maybe I would call, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You might even go so far as to call. And like it's yeah, I just I would lose my mind if coaching I I don't know, like I would too. You so.
1: have so I I can so I can see them being like, yes, it's crazy, but knowing someone who loves Coke as much as you do, I can yeah. so okay, so
0: they so they have these focus
1: groups. Yes
0: go so well. And then i the company wrote those complaints off. They thought that this would all prove to be a mistake from these focus groups, which is actually right. not the intention of a focus group. Right. You know? um, okay. Marketing
1: business queen over here, literally. <laughs> <tell> him, girl.
0: <laughs> so when Coke was introducing new Coke, essentially they were trying to say, like, we're being innovative for redeveloping our formula, rather than they didn't want to show that they were being reactive. Right. And so overall, when tested, this new formula not only beat out Pepsi amongst taste testers, but it also won against the older formula for Coke. Right. So they did see that new Coke did have a better flavor overall. People seemed to enjoy new Coke. Even though they had, some people were upset. Yes. So on the day new Coke launched, this is funny to me, the Pepsi company actually had a massive party for all of its employees. They gave them all the day off work because they felt that this was an admission by Coke that Pepsi soda was the superior drink. I love they were the, Like
1: boom, people's identity. Like, they're literally celebrating. The and morning. when you
0: see this thing, like, it wasn't just like, oh, get the day off work. They had like, ceremonies. Like, there were thousands of balloons being sent into the air. Like, I'm sure, like, fireworks were going off. Like, they were parties. Wow. For both at the Coke headquarters and the Pepsi. Like, both of them were doing that on the day new Coke launched. I love it. And Coca-Cola, they weren't messing around when they introduced this. They jumped right into the launch of New Coke and production of the previous formula stopped completely. It like stopped the same week, week that New Coke was introduced, the production of Old Coke stopped. So they just fully flipped. Fully flipped. Wow. And so following the launch of New Coke, Coca-Cola's stock went up and market research showed that 80% of the American public was aware of the change within days. of Americans knew that this happened. Wow. And I just like, I was thinking about this. I was like, what's something really big that happened in Canada in the past few weeks? And I was like, oh, like our governor general resigns a position higher than the prime minister. And I can guarantee you less than 80% of Canadians know that. I didn't even know there was a pandemic going on
1: until like last (laughs) week. I was like, what? I'm not supposed to leave my house. Like, pardon? Why do I keep on licking all these things on the bus stop? Like, why we're am joking, I? We're joking. Where am at? Everyone. No, but that is that eighty percent is an absolutely nuts number.
0: Yeah. yeah, I feel like even with social media nowadays, to get eighty percent of the public to know something, yeah. it's near impossible. It's like we can't even get people to agree that
1: the world is round. Like, it's like it's no ridiculous number. Like ten percent of all people
0: believe the, the Earth is flat. <laughs> In north america it's like how's that possible anyways no exactly um so yeah that 80 percent of americans knew this had happened and coke sales were up eight percent over the same period compared to the year before wow okay so although you see all this kind of happening and you think oh that must be positive as i've alluded to new coke was a disaster right and not necessarily because it tasted bad because the, I kind of would have thought that like maybe it just didn't taste very good but as we talked about the taste testers they didn't hate the taste of it right the problem was and I thought this was a very nice way to put it coke never tested what would happen if the old version was removed they only focused on what could happen if a new coke came in
1: oh so because you said pee, some people preferred the new taste even mm-hmm. right but yeah they had- with it. Like what happens if the old, the option for the old one is revoked. Let yeah. me guess. For people who aren't quote angry and alienated, they had something to say.
0: And so in other words, they focused on appealing to consumers who didn't currently drink Coke. They didn't focus on their lifelong consumers who had always had the drink. Oh no. And as a lifelong Coke consumer, if yeah. that company forgets about me, I will raise a storm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they they also they failed to recognize people don't buy only based on taste and people don't buy blind. So like, although in the Pepsi challenge, sure, like people prefer the taste of Pepsi overall, that didn't mean that all those doing the challenge or the Americans watching those ads would then automatically change their buying patterns. Right. And so I think this makes a little bit more sense when you look at the marketing strategies for the two companies, it becomes a little more obvious why Coke trying to reinvent itself was never going to work. Okay. So for instance, let's think about Pepsi's marketing strategy since its inception. Right. Pepsi always openly compared itself to Coke in order to differentiate itself to exist opposite the market leader. Right. So whereas Pepsi is seen as and marketed as the drink of the new generation, so right. like think of the people in their ad, they've had Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, the Spice Girls, One Direction, like they're always appealing to new people is this pepsi yeah this is pepsi okay i I guess i don't watch a lot of pepsi ads or something oh yeah sorry some of them are older i didn't but like yeah like they've had one direction they've had like they always continually try to put in people that are younger well
1: didn't they have wasn't that kendall jenner oh yes yeah Anyway, that was pepsi Absolute cringe. Okay, that was another mark.
0: Cringe, but again, look at the person they're bringing in. Yeah, someone young who, yeah, okay. That's interesting, okay. So, whereas you have Pepsi appealing to the new generation, Coca-Cola has always marked itself as being more wholesome, being a drink that you enjoy with your family during holidays or friends in the summer, eventually working itself up to be seen as a drink that can make us happy. Like, think of their current catchphrase. It's like open happiness is what they say. Or you have that, oh my God, that iconic 1970s ad. You know, it's the one with all the people from like around the world. And they're like, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. And it's like that, like it's always supposed to be about like coming together. right? And so Coke really is based off nostalgia. Okay, gotcha. And you cannot try and change nostalgia for people. Like that's something that you can't do. Whereas Pepsi has that option. They're focused on new and dynamic and changing. Coke has never focused on that.
1: Right. It's a traditional kind of. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. And so people are going to buy that soda because of what it represents and what it means to them. Right. And up until that point, like when you think of like Coke created the modern day um, invention of Santa. Coke was like what soldiers were fighting to come back to uh, during World War II. Like they wanted to come back to like American life, you know. And it's like. Coke really embedded itself into America's social fabric. Right. And the focus was never entirely on the flavor of it. It was like what you enjoyed with it, what came with Coke. Right. So the end lesson was although it seemed logical that if people preferred a sweeter soda and Coke could make one, that one taste test against Pepsi, that it should do well in the market. Right. Logic was never a factor in what made Coke work. Right. And so. It was people's hearts. What ended up happening following the introduction of new Coke is that Americans essentially had a collective breakdown for three months in the summer of 1985. American consumers, they started importing old Coke from other countries who hadn't yet made the switch. Wow. And like, think about this is like the 80s, right? Like, you're not like going onto Amazon and being like, oh, let me, it's like, you're putting in the work to get this sent over. Right. You had organizations called like, There was one called the Old Cola Drinkers of America. They formed and petitioned for the company to change the recipe back or at least sell the recipe to someone else so they could start making it.
1: Oh my God.
0: Then the company received over 40,000 calls and letters in just a short period of time urging them to change back the formula. And even Fidel Castro weighed in on the controversy and called the introduction of New Coke a sign of American capitalist decadence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it literally was a proxy war between i guess yeah wow that's insane it literally is a proxy war between the capitalists and communists
0: oh yeah
1: cola was the capitalist kind of
0: and well yeah. i guess not,
1: but that's nuts okay
0: on july 11th 1985 78 days after the introduction of new coke the company reintroduced its old formula <laughs> now under the name of coca-cola classic and i'm sure you've seen this like on cans now and some of them like it will say like classic written on it right it kind of like got that new name so that people knew that that was the older formula they could buy okay interesting and six months after like the introduction of new coke sales increased for the coca-cola company at over twice the rate of pepsis wow so although this was like a mini disaster for them for a while like people really lost it Overall, it didn't really hurt them. Right. Once they reintroduced the classic. Yeah. Okay. A new Coke, it did stick around. Like they didn't wipe it out like that. Right. Um, but it would be sold as regular Coca-Cola, not the classic version. Right. And it was around until 2002. Wow. And I was like, dang it. Look, if I, I wish that I like had a, I want to try the difference now to right. try like a sweeter version. I wonder what could possibly be a sweeter version of Coke.
1: Yeah, it seems to be pretty sweet as is,
0: but guess not. not. Guess not. It's not sweet.
1: That's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, um, overall, though, well, like New Coke, it did spectacularly fail. This debacle, as, we, as I mentioned, it actually ended with major financial success for Coca Cola. And right. consequently, the same drink that had been losing market share to Pepsi for 20 years before this happened began to gain again. And it just, it reminded people of their love for Coca-Cola and why they ever bought it in the first place.
1: Interesting. So it backfired and then it actually worked out for them, really.
0: And it worked brilliantly.
1: They harnessed the nostalgia of the American public.
0: Which is something not to be taken lightly. The American public take their nostalgia very seriously. They do. That's really interesting. And that, everyone, is the Cola Wars. That's fascinating.
1: But that's crazy to me that 2002, the, the... The version that they changed to, the new version in the 80s, they didn't get rid of it until 2002. That is crazy. I'm sure
0: you could still, like, find, I'm sure on, like, eBay or Amazon, you could still find some old version. Like, you could get some, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, 20-year-old. I'm I'm sure you could. (laughs) 20-year-old Coke, you're like, I gotta try it.
0: Well, I'm not, even, like, two years ago, I found an unopened can of Pepsi just outside of, like, just off Queen's campus, and I took it home, washed the can, and I drank it. I am not one to sneeze at a a good soda.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna tell you one day you cannot. (laughs) So you just found it on the ground and like.
0: Yeah. Well, is that open? Yeah. Okay. My, I told my mom about that like after it happened, and she was horrified. She was like, "You could have been killed." Well, like think of all the crazy
1: people who put like metal in cheese at the grocery store, and then they like, "Alert!" Like someone put a razor blade in like in. (laughs) Like, gouda cheese, don't eat it. You know what I mean? It's, like, people are doing that. They're definitely going to do it to random pieces, like, Coca-Cola cans. I don't know.
0: I I guess so, but it's, like, also, like, think about it. It's just outside of, like, Queen's campus. You know it's probably left over from some person going to a party. They dropped their chase on the way. That's true. It's, like, it wasn't... If I had found this, like, let's say, like, in certain parts of Vancouver, yeah, I would have left it on the ground. Right. Just off, like, the Queen student campus, I'm, like, the... I don't feel there's going to be malicious intent within this can.
1: (laughs) Right. So, obviously, I made a joke about this being super relevant to us today. Uh You said, well, it actually is kind of relevant. So I want to hear
0: It is. It's all super tangential, and I'm pulling from the air. But uh, I'm going to save the really fun one for last. But to start off, one of the reasons... I don't know if it's really insignificant, but it didn't really fit in with the details per se. Right. The Pepsi Challenge, the blind taste test, wasn't up to rigorous scientific standards, which Mm -hmm. may shock you. Yeah, Um, I (laughs) know. But it is. I do think it's interesting because essentially what they learned afterwards is tasters will generally prefer the sweeter of two options based on a single sip, even if they prefer a less sweet beverage over the course of an entire can or bottle. Wow. So when you do a blind taste test like Pepsi, and if Pepsi, which it was at the time, is sweeter than what they're tasting against Coke, it's like almost everyone is going to prefer that option when they only have a sip of it right but if you were to give someone like a can or a bottle of that same sweetness a lot of people don't prefer that right 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 they prefer the one that's yeah you'd enjoy more over a course of of Mm it so that's interesting just in and of itself and that like the results that then led coke to make this very sweet new version it's like that could be a reason why people were so much against new coke right because like maybe on the surface it's what they thought people would prefer but it's like when they were actually consuming larger quantities of this drink it wasn't what consumers wanted and for pepsi i guess it was for them it didn't really matter if it wasn't scientific because they were just doing a marketing campaign exactly like, like and sci- like pepsi never made this out to be like a rigorous scientific method they were just doing like it, just, it was purely a marketing thing yeah but then coca-cola took it as they took it too seriously <laughs> okay so the other thing is That some people say that Coke really did this all as a publicity stunt to shock the American public into showing their support for Coke and their, their allegiance to the company. Because if you'll, if you remember, so essentially after the introduction of new Coke, then they brought in old Coke and they were like making so much money, twice the amount that Pepsi was bringing in, blah, blah, blah. And so people are like, that's what they wanted all along. Coke has openly admitted this was not the case. It could have been absolutely disastrous for them. (laughs) They've they've clarified. They've clarified. Because there's no way for them to ever know New Coke could have ruined the company. There was no way for them to have, if this was a marketing strategy, they didn't know, like, if they had lost, like, lifelong supporters, would they gain them back? Right. So the lesson learned, really, from New Coke for the Coca-Cola company was that Coke, I like the way it was worded. I was like, this is so strong. Coke is a brand owned by the American people. Who said that? Where where is that quote from? It was in it was in the Coca-Cola history documentary. And essentially what they mean by that is like Coke is not just like run by the CEO and it's like put out as a regular item for people to buy. It's like people are invested into it, they care about it, they have attachments to it. And so when you do anything to change the original, right. are going to have a say in it. They need right. to be part of that conversation. Right. It's quintessentially American. Quintessentially American, baby. And right. so surprisingly, before Coke reintroduced its old formula back and people went gaga for it all over again, Pepsi didn't totally win the Cola Wars. It's not like Pepsi, in that interim between new Coke and reintroduction of old Coke, it's not like they were crushing it per se. Right. Pepsi gained very few long-term converts. Right. So after the introduction of new Coke, Pepsi saw 14% sales increase in the course of a month compared to their previous year, but it was only a short-term gain. It didn't prove to have any really like long-term success for them. Okay. So it didn't like, it's not like people, if you like ask like your parents or friends who were alive back in the eighties, it's not like people who were previously diehard Coke fans switched to Pepsi and never looked back. Right. It's like very few people actually did that.
1: Interesting.
0: And the Cola Wars really haven't ended. Like, although Battle Royale was really back in the 80s, Pepsi and Coke, they continue to battle it out in ads, giveaways, specials, and more. And so, really, the Cola Wars don't really have, like, a true impact on our life today. But I thought it was just interesting, like, these two companies have completely dominated the soda industry since we've known it. Right. It's just interesting to learn more about some of their infamous battles, I think. The history behind it. The history behind it. And the big significance that is relevant in the past couple of weeks right? is that Coke is still making headlines. Um, I hope you know this, Sam, but the iconic Donald Trump had a Diet Coke button on his desk in the Oval Office. I do know that. And it was removed when Biden came in. Biden is not, is not there for Diet Coke. I know. I, I heard. And, I don't. and so it, it's still very mainstream into American social fabric. Like yeah. Trump would just press the button and they, he would be brought in a glass on a tray of Diet Coke. Apparently he had like very many a day, like several a day. Oh God. Which it just can't be good. For. I just, I honestly find it also hilarious that it was Diet Coke. Like Diet Coke to me, and I know some lovely people who drink it. So this is just something I built in my head. I see it as the drink of like the 2000s It Girl. <laughs> right. And Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, who is very much within that mold. (laughs) I mean, that is very interesting.
1: And also, all of this makes you think about when um, we were in Kingston and we were at that restaurant and my dad made you do the blind Coke-Pepsi taste Mm -hmm.
0: test.
1: Yeah. And Maria, for the record, got seven out of eight correct. She could correctly identify which ones were Coke and which ones were Pepsi for seven out of eight of the, the taste test. So pretty impressive in my view.
0: I do think there's some people really, oh my God, some people really don't mind, but I know I'm majorly for Coke. My um, friend's mom, we went to, I remember it was like back in elementary school, we went to Boston pizza and she was ordering a drink and she was like, can I get a Pepsi please? And you know, that classic thing of like, oh, we have Coke. Is that okay? Yeah. She goes, no, I'll just get a water. So some people are really ride or die. I'm not quite there yet. If some, if I'm really craving a Cola, in a place only as Pepsi, I'm okay with it. Although I prefer Coke. Oh, so yeah, there's the cola wars, guys. I hope, I hope it was fun, interesting, a light way to break up your week, something to learn about. Yeah, that was really interesting. Thanks, Marge. No worries. So, Sam, what? I guess we have to talk about. Would we recommend? I was thinking that maybe we could do a scale for our recommendations from now on.
1: But I don't want to rank people. Is that bad?
0: Not ranking. Sorry, it's more like there's three tiers. Okay. You will not go back. Okay. You might go back, or you will go back. Okay. So it's sort of like might like won't go back is obviously like it wasn't very good. Might is like it's good, and then will is like you really liked it. We'll thoroughly like go out of your way to go back.
1: But I don't want to cancel
0: a small business. But you like this place, aren't you? Going to go back? I okay, I do. I do. Okay.
1: Um. Okay. Well, you're right. I I might go back to this place. It was very good. I just frankly don't buy fresh baked goods Almost (laughs) like just because I just don't do that so if I was ever looking to get a baked good uh it would be on the list it would definitely be on my list of places to go I would definitely go there again but it's just it's more a me thing that like I'm never gonna go and buy a chocolate croissant just randomly like I do it I do it for the pod anyways
0: do it for the pod
1: yeah so what about you
0: Um, I think I will be going back to Swiss Bakery. It was kind of a pain in the butt to get to because it's just off like Main Street and Third Avenue, which right now there's always, it's so much construction. Parking stressed me out to the nth degree and it's only open on weekdays, which adds to it all. Mm. But it was like good enough and it's a unique enough treat. Like I think they are the first place. It might be one of the only places still in Vancouver to offer cronuts that it's like iconic enough that I would like to go back. Because I also wanted to see what other flavors of cronuts they have. Right. And they the, were very lovely when I was there. So,
1: The things we do for a good cronut. Okay. Well, um, thanks so much to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, uh, I actually think I have a, a topic idea.
0: Really? Do you want to give a hint?
1: <sighs>
0: not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> a hint. A hint.
1: Well, if you don't listen to next week's episode, it might be the end of the world.
0: That's all. Ooh. Ooh. Can I make a guess? Yeah. Is it like a Mayan calendar thing? No. Ooh, okay. Well, then I'm in the dark. Yeah. But that's a good guess. That's all that we have for you this week. Follow us on Eat It Up Pod if you haven't already. We post about when we have new episodes that go up there, just in case you don't have like automatic download set up or anything. And... We look forward to chatting with you all next week.
1: As always, if you have any feedback, positive or negative, meaning constructive, (laughs) or if you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover as our Bites of History, please let us know.
0: See y'all later. Bye! Bye!